Section 19 of The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume 3. Edited by Charles F. Horn, Rossiter Johnson, and John Rood. The Great Jewish Revolt siege and destruction of jerusalem a d seventy by josephus part five and now two of the legions had completed their banks on the eighth day of the month Lus ab whereupon titus gave orders that the battering rams should be brought and set over against the western edifice of the inner temple for before these were brought the firmest of all the other engines had battered the wall for six days together without ceasing, without making any impression upon it. But the vast largeness and strong connection of the stones were superior to that engine and to the other battering rams also. Other Romans did indeed undermine the foundations of the northern gate, and after a world of pains removed the outermost stones, yet was the gate still upheld by the inner stones and stood still unhurt till the workmen despairing of all such attempts by engines and crows brought their ladders to the cloisters now the jews did not interrupt them in so doing but when they were gotten up they fell upon them and fought with them some of them they thrust down and threw them backward headlong others of them they met and slew they also beat many of those that went down the ladders again, and slew them with their swords before they could bring their shields to protect them. Nay, some of the ladders they threw down from above when they were full of armed men. A great slaughter was made of the Jews also at the same time, while those that bare the ensigns fought hard for them, as deeming it a terrible thing, and what would tend to their great shame if they permitted them to be stolen away yet did the jews at length get possession of these engines and destroyed those that had gone up the ladders while the rest were so intimidated by what those suffered who were slain that they retired although none of the romans died without having done good service before his death of the seditious those that had fought bravely in the former battles did the like now as besides them did eleazar the brother's son of simon the tyrant but when titus perceived that his endeavours to spare a foreign temple turned to the damage of his soldiers and made them be killed he gave orders to set the gates on fire but then on the next day titus commanded part of his army to quench the fire and to make a road for the more easy marching up of the legions while he himself gathered the commanders together Titus proposed to these that they should give him their advice what should be done about the holy house. Now, some of these thought it would be the best way to act according to the rules of war and demolish it, because the Jews would never leave off rebelling while that house was standing, at which house it was that they used to get all together. Others of them were of opinion that in case the Jews would leave it, and none of them would lay their arms up in it, he might save it but that, in case they got upon it and fought any more, he might burn it, because it must then be looked upon not as a holy house, but as a citadel. 
and that the impiety of burning it would then belong to those that forced this to be done and not to them but titus said that quote, although the jews should get upon that holy house and fight us thence yet ought we not to revenge ourselves on things that are inanimate instead of the men themselves End quote. and that he was not in any case for burning down so vast a work as that was because this would be a mischief to the romans themselves as it would be an ornament to their government while it continued so fronto and alexander and cerealis grew bold upon that declaration and agreed to the opinion of titus then was this assembly dissolved when titus had given orders to the commanders that the rest of their forces should lie still but that they should make use of such as were most courageous in this attack so he commanded that the chosen men that were taken out of the cohorts should make their way through the ruins and quench the fire now it is true that on this day the jews were so weary and under such consternation that they refrained from any attacks but on the next day they gathered their whole force together and ran upon those that guarded the outward court of the temple very boldly through the east gate and this about the second hour of the day these guards received their attack with great bravery and by covering themselves with their shields before as if it were with a wall drew their squadron close together yet was it evident that they could not abide there very long but would be overborne by the multitude of those that sallied out upon them and by the heat of their passion however caesar seeing from the tower of antonia that this squadron was likely to give way sent some chosen horsemen to support them hereupon the jews found themselves not able to sustain their onset and upon the slaughter of those in the forefront many of the rest were put to flight but as the romans were going off the jews turned upon them and fought them and as those romans came back upon them they retreated again until about the fifth hour of the day they were overborne and shut themselves up in the inner court of the temple so titus retired into the tower of antonia and resolved to storm the temple the next day early in the morning with his whole army and to encamp round about the holy house but as for that house god had for certain long ago doomed it to the fire and now that fatal day was come according to the revolution of ages it was the tenth day of the month loose ab upon which it was formerly burned by the king of babylon although these flames took their rise from the jews themselves and were occasioned by them for upon titus's retiring the seditious lay still for a little while and then attacked the romans again when those that guarded the holy house fought with those that quenched the fire that was burning the inner court of the temple but these romans put the jews to flight and proceeded as far as the holy house itself at which time one of the soldiers without staying for any orders and without any concern or dread upon him at so great an undertaking and being hurried on by a certain divine fury snatched somewhat out of the materials that were on fire and being lifted up by another soldier he set fire to a golden window through which there was a passage to the rooms that were round about the holy house on the north side of it 
as the flames went upward the jews made a great clamour such as so mighty an affliction required and ran together to prevent it and now they spared not their lives any longer nor suffered anything to restrain their force since that holy house was perishing for whose sake it was that they kept such a guard about it and now caesar was no way able to restrain the enthusiastic fury of the soldiers and the fire proceeded on more and more he went into the holy place of the temple with his commanders and saw it with what was in it which he found to be far superior to what the relations of foreigners contained and not inferior to what we ourselves boasted of and believed about it but as the flame had not as yet reached to its inward parts but was still consuming the rooms that were about the holy house and titus supposing what the fact was that the house itself might yet be saved came in haste and endeavoured to persuade the soldiers to quench the fire and gave order to liberalius the centurion and one of those spearmen that were about him to beat the soldiers that were refractory with their staves and to restrain them yet were their passions too hard for the regards they had for caesar and the dread they had of him who forbade them as was their hatred of the jews and a certain vehement inclination to fight them too hard for them also moreover the hope of plunder induced many to go on as having this opinion that all the places within were full of money and as seeing that all round about it was made of gold and besides one of those that went into the place prevented caesar when he ran so hastily out to restrain the soldiers and threw the fire upon the hinges of the gate in the dark whereby the flame burst out from within the holy house itself immediately when the commanders retired and caesar with them and when nobody any longer forbade those that were without to set fire to it and thus was the holy house burned down without caesar's approbation while the holy house was on fire everything was plundered that came to hand and ten thousand of those that were caught were slain nor was there a commiseration of any age or any reverence of gravity but children and old men and profane persons and priests were all slain in the same manner so that this war went round all sorts of men and brought them to destruction and as well those that made supplication for their lives as those that defended themselves by fighting the flame was also carried a long way and made an echo together with the groans of those that were slain and because this hill was high and the works at the temple were very great one would have thought the whole city had been on fire nor can one imagine anything either greater or more terrible than this noise for there was at once a shout of the roman legions who were marching all together and a sad clamour of the seditious who were now surrounded with fire and sword the people also that were left above were beaten back upon the enemy and under a great consternation and made sad moans at the calamity they were under the multitude also that was in the city joined in this outcry with those that were upon the hill and besides many of those that were worn away by the famine 
and their mouths almost closed when they saw the fire of the holy house they exerted their utmost strength and break out into groans and outcries again perea did also return the echo as well as the mountains round about the city and augmented the force of the entire noise yet was the misery itself more terrible than this disorder for one would have thought that the hill itself on which the temple stood was seething hot as full of fire on every part of it that the blood was larger in quantity than the fire and those that were slain more in number than those that slew them for the ground did nowhere appear visible for the dead bodies that lay on it but the soldiers went over heaps of those bodies as they ran upon such as fled from them and now it was that the multitude of the robbers were thrust out of the inner court of the temple by the romans and had much ado to get into the outward court and from thence into the city while the remainder of the populace fled into the cloister of that outer court as for the priests some of them plucked up from the holy house the spikes that were upon it with their bases which were made of lead and shot them at the romans instead of darts but then as they gained nothing by so doing and as the fire burst out upon them they retired to the wall that was eight cubits broad and there they tarried and now the romans judging that it was in vain to spare what was round about the holy house burned all those places as also the remains of the cloisters and the gates too excepted the one on the east side and the other on the south both which however they burned afterward they also burned down the treasury chambers in which was an immense quantity of money and an immense number of garments and other precious goods there reposited and to speak all in a few words there it was that the entire riches of the jews were heaped up together while the rich people had there built themselves chambers to contain such furniture the soldiers also came to the rest of the cloisters that were in the outer court of the temple whither the women and children and a great mixed multitude of the people fled in number about six thousand but before caesar had determined anything about these people or given the commanders any orders relating to them the soldiers were in such a rage that they set that cloister on fire by which means it came to pass that some of these were destroyed by throwing themselves down headlong and some were burned in the cloisters themselves nor did any one of them escape with his life and now the romans upon the flight of the seditious into the city and upon the burning of the holy house itself and of all the buildings round about it brought their ensigns to the temple and set them over against its eastern gate and there did they offer sacrifices to them and there did they make titus imperator with the greatest acclamations of joy and now all the soldiers had such vast quantities of the spoils which they had gotten by plunder that in syria a pound weight of gold was sold for half its former value but as for the tyrants themselves and those that were with them when they found that they were encompassed on every side 
and as it were walled round without any method of escaping they desired to treat with titus by word of mouth accordingly such was the kindness of his nature and his desire of preserving the city from destruction joined to the advice of his friends who now thought the robbers were come to a temper that he placed himself on the western side of the outer court of the temple for there were gates on that side above the zistus and a bridge that connected the upper city to the temple this bridge it was that lay between the tyrants and caesar and parted them while the multitude stood on each side those of the jewish nation about simon and john with great hopes of pardon and the romans about caesar in great expectation how titus would receive their supplication so titus charged his soldiers to restrain their rage and to let their darts alone and appointed an interpreter between them which was a sign that he was the conqueror and first began the discourse and said quote, i hope you sirs are now satiated with the miseries of your country who have not had any just notions either of our great power or of your own great weakness but have like madmen after a violent and inconsiderate manner made such attempts as have brought your people your city and your holy house to destruction you have been the men that have never left off rebelling since pompey first conquered you and have since that time made open war with the romans and now vile wretches do you desire to treat with me by word of mouth to what purpose is it that you would save such a holy house as this was which is now destroyed what preservation can you now desire after the destruction of your temple yet do you stand still at this very time in your armor nor can you bring yourselves so much as to pretend to be supplicants even in this your utmost extremity o oh, miserable creatures what is it you depend on are not your people dead is not your holy house gone is not your city in my power and are not your own very lives in my hands and do you still deem it a part of valor to die however i will not imitate your madness if you throw down your arms and deliver up your bodies to me i grant you your lives and i will act like a mild master of a family what cannot be healed shall be punished and the rest i will preserve for my own use to that offer of titus they made this reply that they could not accept of it because they had sworn never to do so but they desired they might have leave to go through the wall that had been made about them with their wives and children for that they would go into the desert and leave the city to him at this titus had great indignation that when they were in the case of men already taken captives they should pretend to make their own terms with him as if they had been conquerors so he ordered this proclamation to be made to them that they should no more come out to him as deserters nor hope for any further security for that he would henceforth spare nobody but fight them with his whole army and that they must save themselves as well as they could 
for that he would from henceforth treat them according to the laws of war so he gave orders to the soldiers both to burn and to plunder the city who did nothing indeed that day but on the next day they set fire to the repository of the archives to Accra, to the council house and to the place called oflas at which time the fire proceeded as far as the palace of queen helena which was in the middle of Accra, the lanes also were burned down as were also those houses that were full of the dead bodies of such as were destroyed by famine end of section nineteen recording by linda johnson